0: Good evening, Grace Baptist Church, and I have the honor and privilege to preach from God's Word uh, this evening, and if I could have you turn to Psalms chapter 100, Psalms chapter 100, and as soon as you find it, if I could bother you to stand as we read God's Word out of respect, Psalms chapter 100, and we'll read the entire chapter together entire chapter, Psalms chapter 100, we'll read all five verses together, Psalms chapter 100, and let us begin, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing, know ye that the Lord, he is God, It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this specific uh, passage that you've given to us You've given to me to read even today. And Lord, I'm so grateful that we can just study your words whenever we want. There are so many books out there in the world, but none that bear the Holy Bible. None that have your words written all throughout, inspired words of God. Thank you so much for preserving your word throughout these generations. And I pray that you would help us to glean a truth that we all know, but perhaps have forgotten over time. Thank you so much for this day you've given to us, and just open our hearts for what you may have for us this evening, we ask in your name, amen. You may be seated. If I were to ask you a question that goes something like this, if you could do something more, if you wish there was something that you would do more, what would you, how would you finish that that statement? Something that you wish you would do more of. Now, I imagine we all have a variety of answers throughout the room. Something I wish I, I would do more of. Perhaps spiritually speaking, one of the first things that may come to your mind is, I wish I would do more praying. I think we'd all agree, praying is something that we lack. We don't do enough of. Even the, the mightiest of prayer warrior would admit that he does not spend enough time with the Lord or she. Maybe you would say, I wish I would do more Bible study. I wish I would study the Bible more. Read it, but just study it for myself. And that would be another, another great one you could add to that list. Maybe you would say, I wish I would listen to more preaching. Maybe while you're driving to work, instead of listening to music or the radio, you would listen to just preaching. You'd fill your phone or your, your stereo or your Bluetooth or whatever you use to your device to listen to, to, to more preaching, godly preaching. Maybe you would say, I wish I would do more exercise. Maybe we like, maybe some of us lack in the exercising department. Uh, I I used to be pretty consistent with the uh, exercising part, uh, but not so much in recent days. I thought though this morning I'd wake up and I would I would get back to it. You know, just start it, just just cold cold. cold, What do they call it? Cold turkey. So I woke up and I I thought I'll just I'll try to jog a couple of kilometers. (laughs) You know, like that's no big deal. And I think about halfway through the first kilometer, I thought, you know, what? I think I'll ease into this whole exercising thing. I think I'll walk the rest of the way and I uh, you know, just don't want to hurt anything, hurt myself. Maybe we would say, I wish I would do more exercise. I think we all maybe would agree we could use a little bit more of that. And the list can go on and on. Maybe eat more healthy foods. Or uh, if you're really busy today, maybe I wish I just had more time, just time to spend with family Or just time to just relax and maybe just time with the Lord. You could fill that list with anything, but may I add one more thing to that list for you tonight. I fear that many Christians don't praise the Lord enough. We don't praise the Lord. We don't thank Him enough. We don't give Him the credit to whom credit is due. We get bogged down often with discouragement, with the negative things of life. And the devil uses that to get our, our minds off track of what really all the great things we have in store for us. And oftentimes, we find ourselves forgetting to thank God for all that he's done. And what a, what a, we don't, there's not really a, much of a better chapter to talk on this subject than right here, Psalms chapter 100. And I only just have two simple, uh, so two simple ideas or points for us tonight. And the first one is simply this. How can we... Praise the Lord. How can we praise the Lord? I know it's a simple question and it's an easy maybe answer for you. But let's see how we can answer that question right here through Psalms chapter 100. How can we praise the Lord? Well, let's look in verse number one. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. So what's the first way we can praise the Lord is simply by publicly pronouncing his name, to publicly pronounce his name. Now, in verse number one, it says, "Make a joyful noise unto the Lord." When you study this word, uh, "joyful noise," the concept that comes from this is this idea of uh, verbally, uh, even to the point almost of shouting, if you will, to to make a joyful noise to proclaim. We make uh, we may yell and shout sometimes in life. Maybe if you're a parent, you do a little bit of that to your child. <laughs> I'm experiencing that myself. Maybe uh, you yell, uh, I hope you don't do this, but maybe you'll be driving down the road and somebody cuts someone off and you hear some some verbalage taking place down the road. That's not good. We, we oftentimes express publicly uh, things that are, are closer, dear to us, or something that we are passionate about. In the Bible, Job chapter 30 and verse 5, we see the same word being used here for uh, noise. Our joyful noise. We see the same uh, concept here for this word noise, translated uh, shout. In Job thirty verse five, it says, um, uh, "We they were driven forth from among men; they cried after them as after a thief." We also see this word shout being used in Josiah, uh, not Josiah, in Joshua chapter six and verse sixteen. You remember the story when the Israelites were walking around the walls of Jericho seven times. It says, then it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpets. Joshua said to the people, shout for the Lord has given you the city. Or how about 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 20. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. That's right before the battle of David and Goliath. We see another instance of this word noise or shout being uh, introduced. It's also used as a, shout, as, a, as a sign of triumph. In Judges 15, verse 14, the Bible says, And when he came unto, uh, unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax." What story is this? When the cords about him became as flax and he broke them apart. Samson, when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him after the Philistines shouted to him. In Numbers chapter 10 and verse 9, uh, we see this word shout being used in a way of, uh, excuse me, this word noise being used uh, in a way of uh, of a trumpet being blown. And you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets. It's the same idea. So we, we kind of get this idea that, uh, in verse 1, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It's not something, this is not something you would, you would do in private, which we'll talk about in a little bit. This is an idea of kind of proclaiming it to, to everyone around you. And I could ask this question, when was the last time we publicly pronounced the name of Christ? The last time we publicly said the word God in the right way. We hear God being shouted out in blasphemy all around us, outside, in the movie theaters. Everywhere we go, it seems like they're shouting God's name the wrong way, but when was the last time God's name was shouted the right way? And I'm not suggesting we start shouting in, uh, here in church, just shouting his name, although I do think there is some, something behind this. There are, there are some churches who take us to an extreme, <laughs> uh, but there are instances where, In church, it's okay to even say things like amen. It's okay to to agree with what is being said. It's okay to publicly proclaim the name of the Lord. I could even go even less and just say, when was the last time you privately proclaimed the name of the Lord? Even just to a friend, to a coworker, or to a family member. It's one thing to say it out loud, but when was the last time we even said it just one-on-one to somebody? Or even just to yourself proclaim the name of the Lord. But here we see in verse 1, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And it's just to make sure we think, oh, that's not talking to us. It says right here, all ye lands, everybody is responsible to make a joyful noise unto, unto the Lord, to publicly pronounce his name. A couple of weeks ago in Burnaby, we had a Understand John 3.16 uh, flyering distribution. And we had several churches go to, uh, to Metro Baptist Church and where we met. And we distributed all these flyers. And we had some time of prayer. And we were trying to get out 32,000 flyers in three days. And it was an amazing feat that I was able to get done. God's people did an amazing work. But during that time, Pastor Mackay of Metro Baptist Church, he asked us to pray for him because he was going to do something he'd never done before. He asked us to pray because he felt impelled by the Lord to do a little bit of street preaching. Not really preaching on the street, but to preach in, around, the, uh, around one of the, the SkyTrain stations at Metrotown. There's a lot of people walking by there. And that's, that's not something that uh, a coward would do. And he was, he was scared, and he was asking us to please pray for him. And he, was gonna, he had some signs, and he was going to direct people that said, you know, at 1 o'clock and at 3 o'clock, come and hear some preaching to, about God's word. And uh, according to what I heard, he did, he preached, and uh, several people were gathered around him as he, uh, as he began to proclaim the word. A lot of people laughed at him and, you know, walked away, didn't care. And I'm not suggesting that we all even go out now and go out on all the street corners of Surrey and start preaching his name. Although, uh, if you want to do so, maybe uh, there is a right and a wrong way to do it. But to, not, to come to a point where we could willingly proclaim his name... There was a time where people in the Bible days would parade around and as as the ark of the covenant was being dragged through the city people were shouting and glorifying God and praising him in the streets. There was a parade in honor of God. Now today the only people that do parades are the heathen. They have parades and they have from their cultures and their religions and It's just to see where our society has gone to now, it seems like the name of God is just being slowly quenched. And less and less are we proclaiming his name. I fear that even preachers today, pastors of churches, are less and less proclaiming the glory and the magnificence of God. But don't forget, how do we praise the Lord? What's the first way we can praise God? By publicly proclaiming his name. Look in verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. How what's another way we can praise the Lord? Serve with a smile. Serve with a smile. Maybe you've heard that service with a smile. Learning to to glorify God, to serve him, but serve him with a smile. You know, you could serve the Lord but not really want to do it. You know, son, go wash the dishes. Okay. And you, you know, they they drag their feet and they're letting you know I'll do it, but I don't want to do it. I would rather do something else. That's not serving with a, with a smile. There's no joy or gladness involved in that. To come to a point where we can serve God and just love doing it. That's what everybody's goal in life is, right? To find that, that job and then just love that job. Love doing it. But it's hard to do the same thing over and over again, day by day, and still love it. You may love it when you were in your 20s. I want to be a doctor. And you finally get into your profession and you love doing it. But over time, it's going to get repetitive. There's going to be days you don't want to be a doctor. But if we can come to a point where serving God is something we do with gladness, where we just simply love, and we simply adore God, and we just can't do anything else but serve Him. You know, smiling is one of the most basic, biologically uniform expressions of all humans. Uh, a man named Paul Ekman, the world's leading expert on facial expressions, discovered that smiles are cross-cultural and have the same meaning in different societies. In studies he conducted in Papua New Guinea, Ekman found that members of the four tribe, this is a tribe that is completely disconnected from Western culture, uh, they attributed smiles to descriptions of situations in the same way that any other culture would use. Smiling is just its universal. Smiling is not just a universal means of communicating, but it's also, a, it's also done very frequently. More than 30% of us smile more than 20 times a day. And less than 14% of us smile less than five times a day. So the majority of us smile at least 20 times a day. And even now they say if you see somebody smiling, it causes you, in some cases, to smile. And even if you don't know why that person's smiling, it just, it just it, it makes you smile sometimes. And I'm just seeing if anybody starts to break that smile. But uh, it's a tough crowd here today. They say that people, smile, that people who smile the most are often those who are surrounded by children. You can't help but watch a child. I mean, unless they're not in a good mood. But it, actually, even then sometimes it's kind of funny. But you look at children, and you can't just help but laugh at some of the stuff they do or the, the words they say or try to say there was a man uh, whose name is Ron Gutman. He today is a founder of this interactive health company, and he's a neuroscientist and all these things. And when he was in his 20s, trying to figure out what he wanted to do with his life, uh, he, uh, he would wake up every morning, he would go running. And he, deter- and he found something very interesting. While he was running, and when you run long distance, you're going to hit a point where you just don't want to run anymore. You, know, you have a goal, maybe you're trying to run 10 kilometers, and there's usually that point in your run, I don't know where it is, I've never ran 10 kilometers, but they say there's a point at the, around the, half, the halfway point, where your body just, it, it hurts, the pain is there, it doesn't want to go on anymore, it makes sense, right? And if you could just get past that, that stage, then your body kind of goes into this, uh, this, this process where it just goes, it just goes, you know, you're uh, in, and it's the pain is still there, but you're, you can push through it. And he, he found that when that, that point in his run would come, he would smile and he would think of something that, that was happy. And before he knew it, he was through that, that stage and he, he hit his 10K mark, and it would, got easier and easier as the day progressed. And it was this concept of the power of a smile that actually led him into neuroscience and led him into discovering why it does that. And now he's one of the leading founders. He is the founder of this uh, big health company that involves smiling. It's kind of interesting. We know this verse, Proverbs 15, 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Or Proverbs 17, a merry heart doth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. Learning to serve God with a smile, learning there's nothing worse than going to a church when everybody looks like they don't want to be there. What would a visitor think? Wow, uh, well, we tried. <laughs> we'll not come back here. But when you come to church and you can feel its energy, its excitement, you could feel the presence, you could... When the, when the congregation sings, it's as if they're singing to God. Oftentimes, uh, especially as a song leader, I, I can't help but think, uh, I feel like some people just, their, their mouth is open and words are coming out, but they're not really singing to God. They're just, they're just happy to be awake right now. They're exhausted from work, and you can't help that sometimes. And sometimes we just need to, before we get in the church, just say, Lord, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. But I want to worship you right now. Give me some energy. Lord, help me to to get into worship mode. And when you come into church, to open your hymn book and to read the words that you're singing. They're powerful. The words that are there, they're doctrinal. And we can learn to worship God serving with a smile, learn to serve Him with a happy happy heart. So, what does verse 2 say? Serve the Lord with gladness, serve with a smile. These are just ways that we could praise the Lord. But then look at the second part of this verse. Come before his presence with singing. Mm. Praise number three. Sing for God. Sing for God. Now, not all of us maybe are qualified to uh, come up here and sing in public. Some of us aren't as gifted as others. Some of us are very gifted and talented for the Lord. And this isn't just limited to singing up here in church. Oh, I don't have a good voice. This one doesn't apply to me. I'll skip this one. Not everyone may be equipped to sing up front, but we can all praise God through singing. We can all praise God when we're driving to work in the car. We can sing into him. We can, uh, If you're taking a walk or you're taking a jog, maybe you don't want people around you to listen, we can, we can sing and we can praise the Lord. Uh, something that I, I forgot about too, but when I was a child we would have family devotions, my dad would grab his guitar out. Not every night, but sometimes he'd grab his guitar out. And, you know, we're not, we're not the most talented, my, my specific uh, Taylor family. You know, we're not the greatest of singers, but we're, when it's just a family, who cares? And my dad would get his guitar, and the song he always loved to sing, almost every night. Since I started for the kingdom, since my life he controlled, since I gave my heart to Jesus, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. And the longer I serve him, I, I could remember that song as a child. I don't even know if I said the words pro- perfectly there. But I do know that the singing as a family, singing unto the Lord, it brings glory and honor to God. You realize in Revelation, John, when he was up into heaven, he saw a choir around the throne of God singing uh, constantly. There's going to be a lot of singing going on in heaven tonight. Even while... Uh, Even just learning to glorify God through listening to proper godly music, we can use these to praise the Lord. And I challenge you, when it comes to church and congregation time, praise God with your singing. Don't just sing the words, but sing to God. Sing for his honor and his glory. This is why we have godly Christian music in this church, because we want to give you the best opportunity you can to worship God. And that's what the music is for. But look in verse 3. Enter, or Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastures. Evolution likes to think that uh, an explosion created us, and everything from, from that point on is all on us. We have designed our world. We have created the way. Ha- we have advanced. We have created everything that you see here today, but the Bible very clearly says right here, It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. God has created us, and it is God that has given us everything that we have. So how do we praise God here in verse 3? Remember who God is. We can praise God just by remembering who he is. Remembering his awesomeness, his power, and his magnificence. Remembering God. In verse 3, it says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he That has made us. So what do we remember about God? Well, first of all, we could remember that he made us. That he made us. God, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for making me. For creating me. For allowing me to exist and breathe on this earth. Thank you, Lord. Remember that God, it is God that made us. It was not an evolutionary process. It was God himself who created us. And then it says, It is he that hath made us, and now we ourselves. We are his people. Not only do we need to remember that God made us, but remember that he adopted us. We are are his. We belong unto him. I mean, what greater thing to to praise the Lord for than, God, thank you for taking me into your family. I was lost. I was abandoned. I had no hope in life. But you adopted me into your kingdom. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for allowing me to be here in this church and and worship. Thank you. I praise you, Lord. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Not only did he make us or adopt us, he also, he bought us. He owns us. He bought us. It says here, we are the sheep of his pasture. Now that we're in his family, he has given us tasks. He's given us a job to do, we, the sheep being, we have the sheep to take care of his, his pasture. It's a responsibility God has given us. And we need to thank him for, for entrusting with us. He doesn't just save us and say, all right, I'll step out of the way. I'm going to do all the work. God allows us to work through him. God allows us to actually do, accomplish things for his glory and his honor. Man, we, there's so much to praise the Lord about. So many ways that we can praise the Lord. We praise him by publicly pronouncing his name, by serving him with a smile, by just singing for the Lord, by remembering who he is. And verse four, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. We could worship God by just coming to church. Coming to church. That's one way we can, we can praise God. Look in verse four, it says, enter into his gates. Now, these gates, the temple, I don't believe, was built at this time. This was David speaking. The gates here could be in reference to Zion, to the to Jerusalem itself. But specifically here it says, and into his courts with praise. Perhaps the courts of the tabernacle is what he's referring to here. This idea of coming in to a solitary place where we can dedicate our worship unto the Lord. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. When you come to church. Do you come with an attitude of worship unto God? Or do we come as more of a duty? Now, I realize I'm, I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd here. <laughs> the Wednesday night crowd usually, the Wednesday night people come because I, they want it. They want, they want the Lord. You're coming here to pray and speak to him. But just a, a reminder for us as we come to church to be in this mode of worshiping the Lord, of learning from him and and. Fellowshipping one with another. So these are some ways that we can, we can praise the Lord. But last thing I want us to look at here is simply this. Why should we praise the Lord? Why should we praise him? This may seem like a very simple question to ask, but why do we praise the Lord? What very easily lays it out for us here in verse 5. We praise the Lord, first of all, because he's good we praise the lord because of his goodness i don't really think i need to say too much about this (laughs) i think we understand tonight the lord is so good to us you think about what you have you think about what maybe you've, you've come from many of us have spent years and lots of money trying to immigrate from other countries and god has allowed us to be here in canada the lord is good but you know what the lord is good even when bad things happen to us the Lord is good even when things don't go our way. Easy to, to praise the Lord when, you know, you get a raise at work. It's Easy to praise the Lord when you have a child and he's healthy or when your child gets saved. And it's easy to praise the Lord when good things go around us, but what happens when you lose your job? The Lord's still good. Learning to praise the Lord and remember that God is good. He's just, but he's good. He's the perfect judge. So it says, uh, so why should we praise the Lord? Because he's good, because of his goodness. But secondly, the Lord is good. His mercy is what? Everlasting. (laughs) Why do we praise the Lord? Because of his goodness, but also because of his mercy. We could praise him because of his mercy. And these two, in my opinion, go very similar hand in hand, his goodness and his mercy for us. But just think about what you are and what you've done and how you don't deserve God to love you and to take you into his family and to uh, let you you guide and lead the sheep of his pastures. Uh, He lets you just graze around. He, He gives you opportunities and he lets us Live life. We don't deserve that, especially a life someday of eternal mercy in heaven forever. Nobody deserves that. And nobody should know that better than us. Because we've been saved from that. I pray that everybody in this room has accepted Christ as their Savior. And if you have not, perhaps you don't really understand just what you've come from and just what you don't deserve. Yet, that's what mercy is, I suppose, getting what we don't deserve. In this case, we don't deserve his love. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Why should we praise the Lord? Because of his goodness, because of his mercy, and lastly, because of his truth. This truth that we have today, the truth that God has allowed us to hold on to that's been around for, for, since the beginning of time. That God allowed truth to be written in his word. And now thousands of years later, we have his truth and we can, we can read his truth. We are so blessed. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to praise God for tonight. Because of the truth that he's given to us, the truth of salvation, God is so good to us. When I was a teenager, I would ask my dad, Dad, what's a good way to pray? What's kind of a a system that you do, maybe that I can do? Because we have so many prayer requests sometimes. And especially as a teenager, it's like, Dad, how how do you pray for everything in one day? He says, well, I do. He says, but to get you worked up to that, he said, why don't you break it up throughout the week? And this is what he challenged me to do. He would say, um, just for instance, he'd say, on Mondays, you have your daily things you'd pray for. You'd pray for mom and dad, and you'd pray for um, a missionary. In our case, you'd pray for your adopted missionary. He said, but then on Mondays, just focus on your family, your, your immediate family, and list them all by name. Your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles. I got lots of aunts and uncles who aren't saved. This is what he told me as a teenager. So Mondays, focus on your family. And he'd say, now move to Tuesdays, and pray for your daily thing, and then on Tuesdays, Try your best to really focus on the church. Pray very specifically for the pastor, for his needs. Pray for his wife. Pray for his children. And pray for uh, others and the staff, the ministry. And we started listing churches in the area that were a blessing to us. And pray for them. And and on Wednesdays, you pray for this category. And Thursday, you pray for this category. But then he said something on Friday. He said, I want to challenge you to do something that I do myself. He said, on Friday, pray for your, your normal things, your daily things. He said, but then spend the rest of the time just praising God. Just praising Him. If you have big burdens and big things you've got to bring to Him, do it. But other than that, just praise God. And that of, the, of that week, Friday became the easiest time to get lost in, in how much time I had left. Friday became the easiest because it's, it's endless. And sometimes if, I, uh, if you just open your eyes, while you're praying. And just look around. Lord, thank you for, for my bed. Because a lot of people don't have a bed. Lord, thank you for that closet that's full of clothes. So many people today don't have those clothes. Lord, thank you for those shoes on the ground right there. Probably should put those away. But Lord, thank you for those shoes. Because a lot of people don't have shoes. You look, out, look out the window. Lord, I have a window I can look out. There's probably people who don't even have a home to live in. Thank you for that tree with shade in the front yard. Thank you, God, for my mom and dad who love me and care for me. The list is endless. I fear we as Christians don't praise God enough. I challenge you to spend more time thanking God for what he's done for us. Lewis Albert Banks tells of a story who uh, Lewis was a famous, uh, a famous musician. He tells of this story of an Elderly Christian man, who was a great singer back in his day, who one day learned that he had cancer in his mouth. And I don't remember the technical term, but some kind of a cancer that was going to prevent him from singing ever again. And in order to prevent this cancer from killing him, this this specific surgery had to be done that could end his singing career. Well, the day came where the man finally had to lay down on the operating table And as the doctors were about to put him under, he stopped him and said, Sirs, is it true that this could be my last time, my last chance to ever sing again? And the surgeon looked at him and regretfully said, this very well could be your last time ever getting a chance to sing. And this man said, well, then please let me sing one last song so that I could say my last song was a song unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And there on the offering table, as the story goes, the man leaned forward and he sang these words by Isaac Watts. I'll praise my maker while I have breath. And when my voice is lost in death, praise shall employ my nobler power. My days of praise shall ne'er be passed while life and thought And being blessed, or immortality endorsed. His last song he wanted to sing was a sing of praise unto God. Even though God was allowing his voice to be taken, he still had so much to be thankful for. And so do we today. And with that, I'd like to close in prayer.